Welcome to the Naked Truth. Peace to you. We're going to begin again with where we left off in the book of Numbers. That's the fourth book in the Bible, fourth book in the Old Testament, as we call it. And we're at chapter 16. We're going to begin with verse 1. Now Korah, the son of Ishar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan, with Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben took men. So forgive me if I pronounced any of these wrong as usual. And um, just as a quick overview, those are um, uh, groups from the families of the congregation um, that are traveling on their way from uh, the enslavement in Africa where they were just emancipated, emancipated from just over a year ago to the so-called promised land. Uh, verse 2, and they rose up before Moses and some of the children of Israel, 250 leaders of the congregation, representatives of the congregation, and men of renown. So Moses is the same, Moses, um, Ten Commandments, Moses, and some of the leaders are the ones who were chosen to help sort of herd the people through the wilderness um, as they continued towards the promised land. They gathered together against Moses and Aaron and said to them, You take too much upon yourselves, for all the congregation is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? So the people who are in the congregation have sort of rebelled against, risen up against Moses and his brother Aaron. Those are the two who have guided them so far with the direction according to the narrative of the Lord. And um, we've read before how no one's seen the Lord or uh, heard his voice at any time. Um, and yet that's what these, these narratives are saying. So we're just reading it as it says. And let's see. And I'm pretty sure Lord is being translated from the word Jehovah still at this point in the narrative. But let's just check to be sure. I'm using the blueletterbible.org website to read this to you and yet it's still Jehovah at this point that's guiding the people um, that the people are worshipping as their Lord on their way um, through the wilderness let's see um, okay so the people are rising up against Moses and Aaron saying they all have a right to be grand and exalted since they're all the chosen people freed with all those signs and wonders from their enslavement in Egypt um, and they're sort of saying Moses and Aaron don't have the right to be considered um, on a different level than they are verse 4 so when Moses heard it he fell on his face so Moses has really struggled with having to be the leader of the people and didn't and sometimes even want to be the leader from the start and then along the way because the people are sort of hard-headed and the mission is tough and Moses is human. Verse 5, and he spoke to Korah and all his company saying, tomorrow morning the Lord will show who is his and who is holy and will cause him to come near to him. That one whom he chooses, he will cause to come near to him. So Moses is saying, Okay, well, whichever, whoever the Lord has chosen, that's who can actually approach the Lord. Since, remember, the place uh, at this point where the people would get the directions from the Lord would generally be through Moses and or Aaron in that tabernacle meeting, sort of a centrally located tent 
where Moses would go when the glory, as it's called, of the Lord would appear. And it would appear sometimes as it sounds like as a cloud uh, out of nowhere or a pillar of fire out of nowhere, suddenly um, centering itself over that tent and then um, some sort of glory, it sounds like in a luminous light, um, would um, appear over the tent and then um, Moses would hear voices from the mercy seat that would come um, that's placed there sort of a throne um, placed there for where he'd get the messages back and forth without actually in some places it says without seeing the Lord and in other places it says the Lord's talking with Moses face to face um, so again figure that out however best you can um, so that's what that's how it would happen and so Moses is saying well if you all are on the same level I am then you can have the same uh, close encounter with the Lord that he does verse 6 do this take censers Korah and all your company so a censer is what you burn incense in and Moses is telling them that if they um, take those burners verse 7 put fire in them and put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow and it shall be that the man whom the Lord chooses is the Holy One. You take too much upon yourselves, you sons of Levi. So that's who the that's the tribe as they're called among the family members that they descend from, Levi, the Levites, um, another group that's sort of dedicated to the religious service of all the congregation, uh, along with um the sons of Aaron. Verse eight them so he's telling them if you're if you're on the same level get incense burners put incense in them and show up here and see who it is the lord will side with verse 8 then moses said to Korah, here now you sons of levi so moses sounds like he's getting testy with the fact that they're basically uh clout chasing verse 9 is it a small thing to you that the god of israel has separated you from the congregation of israel to bring you near to himself to do the work of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to serve them. So Moses is saying, look, you're already getting lots of um, glory or duties or exaltation by um, the Elohim. That's what God is, the word God is translated from um, in front of the people. You already got those duties. You're already separated in that sense. You're already elevated in that sense. He's saying that in the fact that you get to be ministers along the way, why is it you are trying to take on more for yourselves? Why are you flexing? Let's see. Um, verse. Sorry, when you do the translation of the words, it jumps around on the website. Let me see. Okay, verse 11. Therefore you and all your company are gathered together against the Lord. Um, wait, did we miss one? I think I did. Oh yeah, I did. Sorry, verse 10. And that he has brought you near to himself, you and all your brethren, the sons of Levi, with you. And are you seeking the priesthood also? So Moses is saying, isn't it enough that you got those duties that you get to serve that closely and have that role is it that is it necessary that you feel that you should also be priests too so there's subtle there's sort of sort of the subtle differences between 
being one of the priests and being one of the Levites. They both have um, religious duties to the Lord, just as some of the others do, but they're limited. Some only get to carry the articles. Some get to pack up the articles. Some get to um, minister as the Levites do, and then some get really close like Moses and Aaron. And it seems that that's the, as close as the people would like to get the core heights and these um, sons of Levite that are risen up against Moses. Verse 11, Therefore you and all your company are gathered together against the Lord. And what is Aaron that you complain against him? So Moses is saying, it's not Moses and Aaron that you're gathering up against. You're actually gathering against the Lord who chose the different designations for the different groups among the congregation. Verse 12, And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abraham, the sons of Eliab, but they said, We will not come up. So now they've truly got rebellion. Moses has um, summoned them to uh, himself, those two who were sort of behind the rebellion, and they've refused to even acknowledge or follow through with his command. Verse 13, Is it a small thing that you've brought us up out of, of a land flowing with milk and honey? To kill in the wilderness, that you should keep acting like a prince over us. So they're saying, they're, it's almost as if they forgot that they were enslaved in uh, Egypt. They weren't just uh, chilling there, they were having a hard time. And they were calling out for deliverance before Moses and Aaron were sort of given the mission of leading the emancipation process. And they followed along, sometimes not so um, cooperatively, but did follow along along the way and there's now so now they're looking back on the place where they were enslaved with google eyes basically saying well you know when we were there at least we had this at least we had that whereas now that they're following moses and aaron through the wilderness they've seen hard time they've seen plagues they've seen mass massacres according to the narrative from the lord for people speaking out against the different mission events along the way and so now they're saying, well, it's, it's, isn't it enough that you did all that? Now you want to reach out and also act like you're royalty over us? Verse 14, moreover, you have not brought into a land flowing with milk and honey, nor have, nor given inheritance of fields and vineyards. Will you put out the eyes of these men? We will not come up. So they're saying, isn't it so just like Moses and Aaron told them, isn't it enough that you got certain duties that you want to seek the priesthood also? So in return, those two in particular sent back an answer saying, Well, isn't it enough that you got to um act as leader over us, even though you didn't fulfill the mission you said you were going to, carrying them to a place where they were uh, a land of abundance, whereas instead they've been stricken with a death sentence and sentenced to 40 years of wandering in the wilderness and then not even being allowed to make it to that um, promised land on top of it all. And along the way now, Moses and Aaron are expected to be exalted as um, elites among them is what they basically are saying. And now they're saying, so since you don't like all that, are you going to uh, gouge out the eyes of the people? Verse 15 then Moses was angry and said to the Lord, Do not respect their offering. I've not taken one donkey from them, nor have I hurt one of them. So Moses is saying, um, Don't let them get away, asking the Lord not to let them get away with their um, 
rebellion. He's saying he hasn't enriched himself with livestock among them. Um, and he's not um, hurt any of them. So the different enrichments were would be what the priests would get. Um, generally speaking, when they make the when people would have when people would have feel compelled to or ordered to make their offerings, the priests are the ones who are making doing some of the different duties of slaughtering the animals, or in some cases, um, taking care of the animals, the remainder of the animals that get offered up. So Moses is saying, that's not me doing that. And it's not Moses who lashed out at the people and struck them down. He's saying, so don't respect their offering when they make it, even though he's the one who directed them to show who was going to be sanctified or chosen of the Lord by making that offering. Verse 16, And Moses said to Korah, Tomorrow you and all your company be present before the Lord, you and they as well as Aaron. So Moses is saying, uh, there'll be a showdown tomorrow between your group and Moses and Aaron and the people who side with him. Verse 17, Let each take his censer and put incense in it, and each of you bring his censer before the Lord. 250 censers, both you and Aaron, each with his censer. So he's saying it's going to be a showdown, and the censers are going to be key, are pivotal in showing who it is the Lord has chosen and, has, and sides with. And it's about a, a group of about a couple of hundred, 250 people. Um, so it's going to be a whole lot of smoke going up when they make that offering. Verse 18. So every man took his censer, put fire in it, laid incense on it, and stood at the door of the tabernacle meeting with Moses and Aaron. So you can picture that. A large group of people gathered there at that tabernacle of meeting with Moses and Aaron to see who it is the Lord's going to choose. And they've got to they gotta know that whoever the Lord doesn't choose is probably going to face all sorts of hell, or at least hellish consequences, um, with fire, that is, for um, doing the wrong thing or siding with the wrong cause. Verse 19, And Korah gathered all the congregation against them at the door of the tabernacle meeting. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the congregation. So they get, they're getting their showdown. They've shown up there with their incense censors, uh, and so has Moses and Aaron. And now it's the moment of truth when the glory of the Lord appears over that tabernacle. Verse 20, And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, So now the Lord's going to decide and make it not, uh, clear whose um, side the Lord is on. Verse 21, separate and by and it starts out with the Lord giving a message to Moses and Aaron. Verse 21, separate yourselves from among this congregation that I may consume them in a moment. So just that quickly, the Lord is making it very clear whose side the Lord is on by telling Moses and Aaron to separate themselves from the rest of the people there with incense altars uh, so that uh, they don't get hurt in the consumption that's about to happen. You can imagine that as like the Lord saying, get out the way, I'm going to nuke them. Verse 20, 22, then they fell on their faces and said, O God, the God of the spirits of all, all flesh, shall one man sin and you be angry with all the congregation? So in that moment of truth, Moses and Aaron are finding uh, mercy in their hearts to say, um, 
ask for mercy for the people who've risen up against them. And notice how Moses addresses the Lord in this instance. He says, O God, the God of the spirits. So God in this case isn't Jehovah. It's translated from the word El, like we've talked about before, not Jehovah. And then when it says the God of the spirits, then it goes to Elohim. Um, it's a word I don't know. And since I'm on my phone, it doesn't have the audio pronunciation of how they believe the word was pronounced back then. But it's just to let you know that sometimes the Lord changes who it is that, or the word that they're saying or calling Lord or address the entity they're addressing as Lord changes. It's not always the same thing. But um, presumably it's the same entity that they're interacting with. But whatever the case may be, Moses is pleading for mercy for from the Lord for um, the rest of the congregation that have um, rebelled. Let's see, verse 23. So the Lord spoke to Moses saying, another message, 24. Speak to the congregation saying, get away from the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. So Moses pleaded for the Lord to show mercy on the congregation and to instead just take out the wrath on the two specifically who have um um sort of rebelled among the elite who sort of guided them into the rebellion verse 25 and so the in response the lord is saying okay in that case since you're asking for mercy on the rest of them instead of taking it out on all of them just go ahead and tell the rest of them that if they've got sense, they'll clear away from the tents of the two rebels. Verse 25. Then Moses rose and went to Dathan and Abiram, and the elders of Israel followed him. So at least they seem persuaded enough by the appearance that they're not going to continue with the rebellion. So that instead they've sided with Moses now and um, followed them to the tents of the two who were leading the rebellion. Verse 26, and he spoke to the congregation, saying, Depart now from the tents of these wicked men. Touch nothing of theirs, lest they, lest you be consumed in all their sins. So it sounds like along the way, Moses and, uh, I'm not Moses, Korah and his crew have uh, gathered quite a bit of possessions, since it sounds like they aren't just dwelling in one tent or two tents, but they've sort of gotten, they've amassed some fortune from the duties they've had among the people. Remember, with all the different offerings, there's all sorts of livestock and everything else that people have offered along the way that they've been given the charge of. So it sounds like, just the way it reads, that um, the the people are gathered together around a sort of large um, uh, dwelling place where Moses, or where Dathan and Abraham are staying. Verse 27, so they got away from around the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abraham. And Dathan and Abraham came out and stood at the door of their tents with their wives, their sons, and their little children. So they wouldn't go meet them at the tabernacle meeting. But with the turn of events, they've ended up rising up out of their tents to the door of their tents to see what's going on. Verse 28, and Moses said, by this you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works. For I have not done them of my own will. 
So Moses is saying, whatever about is about to happen in this moment of truth, then you're going to know that who the Lord has chosen and that Moses isn't just doing these things because he wants to. Verse 29, if these men die naturally like all men, or if they are visited by the common fate of all men, then the Lord has not sent me. So Moses is saying, if in this moment the people who are um, gathered against him just pass away like most people do, he's saying all, I'm saying most because all don't die. I know it's crazy as that sounds. Um, but there are examples in the Bible where some, uh, at least a tiny amount of people don't necessarily die, but face some sort of other end. But generally speaking, people live and then they die. So he's saying, so if that happens to the congregation, then okay. But then verse 30, but if the Lord creates a new thing and the earth opens its mouth and swallows them up with all that belongs to them and they go down alive into the pit, then you shall understand then you will understand that these men have rejected the Lord. So Moses is saying if they die like most everyone else, then no big deal, they weren't wrong for what they did. But if instead something, I don't know, kind of crazy happens, like an earth splitting open it and swallowing them up like an earthquake, um, then you'll know that no, it wasn't Moses and Aaron that they've mouthed off mouth mouthed off against but instead, it's the Lord they've been sassing. Verse 31. Now it came to pass, as he finished speaking all these words, that the ground split apart under them. So you can imagine that, a giant rift just like that, opening up right underneath their feet in that moment of truth. Verse 32. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households and all the men with Korah, with all their goods. So... Um, with Korah, Dathan, and Abraham, it sounds like some people still remain on their side, even though that moment of truth arose, even though the glory of the Lord, as it says, appeared above the tabernacle, and even though um, they also had incense um, censors that they were showing their religious dedication with also. Verse 33, so they and all those men, all those with them, went down alive into the pit, and the earth closed over them, and they perished from among the assembly. So, indeed, a supernatural event happened to show them who the Lord is siding with. And apparently it's not the ones with Korah, Dathan, and Abraham, since the earth suddenly opened up, swallowed them up, and then closed its mouth behind them. So you can see how, imagine how persuasive that would be to everyone there gathered in that moment. Verse 34, then... All Israel who were around them fled and their cry at their cry, for they said, Lest the earth swallow us up also. So the people were terrified and afraid that they'd get devoured too. Verse thirty five and a fire came out from the Lord and consumed the two hundred and fifty men who were offering incense. Okay, so the two hundred and fifty who were gathered against Moses initially were spared from the earth swallowing them up. But apparently they didn't hit repent soon enough because just like that, more instant karma lashed out against them and fire devoured them. So it wasn't just that they um that they got to escape the earthquake and got away with it. They still faced punishment for um making those incense offerings uh, before the Lord and opposing Moses and Aaron. So they still got punished also. Verse 36, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, so another message for Moses, 
37. Tell Eliezer the son of Aaron the priest to pick up the censers out of the blaze, for they are holy, and scatter the fire some distance away. So the censers are considered still holy because they were made uh, used to make an offering to the Lord. But the people who were there holding the censers to make the offering apparently weren't considered all that holy anymore. And there's no regard for them being burned up. But there is still regard for the metal censers that they were carrying. Interesting. Verse 38. The censers of these men who sinned against their own souls, let them be made into hammered plates as a covering for the altar, because they presented them before the Lord. Therefore they are holy, and they shall be assigned to the children of Israel. So even though the people who made the offering weren't considered holy enough to spare their lives anymore, the censers that they used, the articles that they used, the religious relics that they used, are considered holy because they were offered to the Lord. And in that way, they get to survive the whole uh, confrontation because they're going to be transformed into other articles for service rather than incense burners anymore. Interesting. Verse 39. So Eliezer the, three, the priest from took the bronze censers which those who were burned up had presented and they were hammered in, out as a covering on the altar. So the censer survived. The uh, people who offered it did not. Then um, verse 40. To be a memorial to the children of Israel that no outsider who is not a descendant of Aaron should come near to offer incense before the Lord, that he might not become like Korah and his companions, just as the Lord had said to him through Moses. So, um, basically it's saying, let those uh, incense burners be changed into something else, covering for the altar, so that people can remember for times to come that only descendants of Aaron are allowed to make that offering um, by fire, those incense offerings, not the other ones, the Korhites, who have other duties among them. And um, that must be a bittersweet moment for Aaron, since even though they're being exalted now to be the, him and his descendants be the ones to make the offering, remember two of Aaron's own sons were also burned up in a similar way when they tried to make an offering to the same Lord. And yet now, I guess maybe this is sort of a, 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 like I said, a bittersweet moment for Aaron that not only his sons died that way, but at least others who tried to make an offering also faced that same end. Um, verse 41, on the next day, all the congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron saying, You've killed the people of the Lord. <laughs> so just like that, the people have turned tail, turned heart again on um, Moses and Aaron and blaming them for the death among the people. Because remember, this isn't the first time there's been that uh, lashing out of the Lord against people who are just trying to do what they consider to be religiously righteous to do. So the people have gathered together again against Moses, even though they just witnessed what happens to people who gather against them. And they've said, they put it on Moses and Aaron, basically, the fact that a whole bunch of their brethren have died again. Verse 42, Now it happened when the congregation had gathered against Moses and Aaron that they turned toward the tabernacle of meeting, and suddenly the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. 
these people got a lot of nerve. They've seen people get lashed out and stricken down again and again and again for being sassy or rising up and feeling it or clout chasing. They've seen it happen again and again. When they rise up against Moses and Aaron the wrong way, they might end up dead. And yet they've done it again. And just like that, just like that, when they've risen up again, look, suddenly the cloud appears over the tabernacle again, letting them know they've gotten the Lord's attention yet again. And probably not for good reason. Verse 43. Then Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of meeting. So when that cloud appears over the tabernacle, it's like they're being summoned there to the to that tent to have a moment, a word for the Lord to have a moment with them. Verse 44. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, so the sass that the people have risen up with again was enough to summon the Lord again to the tent and to summon Moses and Aaron to get another message. Here's the message, verse 45. Get away from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell on their faces. So it's the same response they got when they rose up before against Moses and Aaron, letting them know that uh, separate yourselves from among these people. I'm going to go ahead and wipe them out, and I'll just use you to make a whole new nation of the congregation. It'll just be you and Moses. It'll be just Moses and Aaron, and I'll start over again with just you and wipe out the rest of these rebels. Verse 46, you know, that should be maybe what should have happened during the Civil War in America, where you wipe out the rebellion and not just let them continue to just transform into another form where they keep rising up uh, into what you have now, whether it be the KKK or other uh, groups that seem to want to turn back the clock to where the rebellion was accepted and the rebels were still allowed to live. Even though they keep saying what should happen to rebels is the death penalty, like on January 6th when they're chanting to hang the vice president. Even he's pretty quiet about all that now and sides right back again with those same people who rose up against him. Those same people aren't facing the same consequences they're calling for and they were calling for for the different people who they considered rebels. And yet because of that, because they don't get those same consequences, they keep rising up again with the same foolishness, the same divisive uh, cause against the congregation, the same way that the people keep rising up against Moses and Aaron. There's not unity because the the, the rebellion is allowed to continue. So, But with Moses and Aaron, the Lord is not having it so much and is willing to go ahead and wipe out the rebellion completely and just start again with Moses and Aaron. Verse 46, so Moses said to Aaron, take a censer and put it, put fire in it from the altar, put incense on it and take it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them. For wrath has gone out from the Lord. The plague has begun. So Moses has gotten the message that uh, they're going to have to pay for their sass. And a plague is breaking out among them already as a uh, as an instant karma sort of payback for their rebellion and their continued rebellion. And so Moses is trying to intercede for the people, even though they're rising up against them, which is pretty merciful on his part, and by telling Aaron, his brother, to take some more incense and burn that to sort of please and appease the Lord and stop the Lord from lashing out against the rebels. Verse 47, then Aaron took it as Moses commanded and ran into the midst of the assembly and already the plague had begun among the people. So he put in it 
So he put in the incense and made atonement for the people. So it seems that the Lord is pleased with Aaron making that offering by fire, as it's called, basically burning incense and interceding for the people's rebellion in that moment, even though the plague had already begun breaking out among them. Verse 48, and he stood between the dead and the living, so the plague was stopped. So it sounds like the outbreak was happening rapidly, spreading among the people, and people were dropping dead left, right, and sideways. And wherever Aaron got to, that's where the plague would end between the people being killed and the people to be killed. Verse 49, now those who died in the plague were 14,700 besides those who died in the Korah incident. So just like that, the Lord doesn't mind lashing out and wiping out a whole lot of people. Now, it sounds like a lot of people remember we were talking about a congregation of at least 600,000 men alone. Um, so that is a lot of people, the 14,000, along with the 250 or so with Korah. But that's still a minority among the whole group of people. It specifically, it sounds like still mostly just those dedicated to the religious duties who've been um, received that instant death penalty in that moment. Verse 50, so Aaron returned to Moses at the door of the tabernacle meeting for the plague had stopped. So uh, Moses' intercession and Aaron's um, action of burning the incense was enough to go ahead and stop the plague from breaking out and taking out the rest of the people who had risen up against them in that moment. So um, it seems they found favor in the Lord's sight in doing so and interceding for the people. Enough so in, uh, that the no more people died from that plague in that moment. Um, and that's the last verse of this chapter. So that's where we're going to end this reading. As always, thank you for joining me. I hope it's a blessing for you. And if you're interested in past readings here, uh, you can hear them on this podcast platform, Anchor, Spotify, and others. Or if you're an adult, you can hear the red letter readings, the things that Jesus actually had to say in the Bible with uh, my platform, HungTGirl.com. Feel free to get a free subscription here on these podcast platforms to follow when I put out these readings or to read along with me scroll um, scripture uh, reading the scripture as it scrolls um, with the readings there of the naked truth on my site. Stay safe. Thanks again. God bless you. And I'll see you next time. Peace be with you.